1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Azlim on from Sparkus, and we're going to be learning all about the use case and the business case for Sparkus. So let's just get right into it. Um, Azlim, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and introduce Sparkus? Uh,
0: Most definitely. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. And this is uh, Özlem, I'm Özlem Saroglu, I'm a professional coach and co-founder of Sparkas Digital Coaching Platform. Uh, I'm also uh, the author of a book called uh, World Voices in a Polarized World. And it is basically about using a coaching technique that was mostly applied for individuals to um, larger systems like organizations, teams, etc. Uh, I am selected by the International Coach Federation as one of the young leaders of coaching um, to carry the coaching into the future. Uh, that was back in 2000 and, uh, that was back in 2019. Uh, and uh, I believe a new uh, round of uh, young leaders are just coming in. Um, I used to be a financial consultant coming from a totally different background. And then I found myself uh, into coaching, I love coaching, and I think I'm one of those happy people that found their passion at work. Um, And that was actually due to coaching itself. So I always believed that if people uh, had an access uh, to coaching uh, at all levels, not only themselves would be more happy, but the organizations would be uh, also thriving. So that uh, core belief uh, actually brought uh, Sparkus into life. Um, Sparkus is a um, coaching technology company and uh, we provide uh, data-driven and scalable coaching solutions uh, for organizations so that we can build high-performing organizations that are uh, not only thriving, but also passionately working. Um, so for this purpose, we uh, provide uh, coaching culture solutions to organizations, and we have a blend of digital coaching exercises and human touch uh, of coaches, managers, mentors. So that's basically what we do. We're basically bringing coaching to uh, to more people, but at the same time, we're having the... Um, the strategic goals of the organization in mind. So it's not just a nice-to-have tool for us, but we believe it is um, one of the core things to achieve, especially in this uh, world of, you know, changing economy, changing uh, life conditions, uh, as COVID told us. Um, so that's basically what we do.
1: So uh, a couple things to unpack. One is um, your experience being coached. So Mm -hmm. I want to kind of get back to you, you had a obviously you had a positive experience being coached. Uh, And the second kind of spin off of that question is what do you think makes a great coach?
0: Wonderful question. Actually, um, when you say, when I was coached, I can remember different moments of being coached. So it was not Mm -hmm. just me receiving coaching uh, you know, once to change wow. your career. So it was more around uh trying to understand what this coaching thing is. Uh it already started with that. And then along the way, I had um I had many coaching conversations, let's say, and many coaches. And um, when people ask me like what changed for you uh once you started coaching, I always say um it is not a like a big, one big moment. It is generally uh, little incremental changes that are happening, and I always give the um, metaphor of a uh, route of a ship. So you just change the uh, change the route, maybe the, the maybe just a few angles, and at the end the ship ends somewhere completely different. And that's what coaching does. Uh, it is yes, we do do look into the people's vision into their goals into wherever they feel stuck Uh, so there is that thing about coaching Uh, but the main thing is uh, we basically do you know very little incremental changes that have a huge impact at the end Uh, so that's what i really love about coaching that something on one level so simple uh, just you know somebody asks you questions and they listen to you that's the core thing about coaching Mm -hmm. Uh, but it turns into a life changing event at the end. So that is my general experience of both giving and receiving coaching.
1: And what and, makes, and uh, yeah, go ahead. You yeah, were take the it the second
0: question was what makes a great coach? Yeah. Um, I say, on one level, it is not just learning the skills. Uh, yes you know, skills and questioning and, you know, listening are important, but I think it requires mainly a mindset. Uh, And basically when we are talking about coaching culture in organizations, that's what we are trying to do uh, to to bring that mindset to the whole organization. And that mindset includes two main things. Uh, One is a core belief in potential. Uh, potential of the human being, potential of any business and, you know, getting out of that victim mode of saying, oh, this COVID thing happened and, you know, we can't do anything about it, but just stepping into that, you know, um, potential mode and just checking in, okay, so this is the condition, what can we do about it? You know, where is the opportunity? What is some potential that we didn't uh, recognize before? So that having that potential mindset Um, is one of the core things that uh, you should have in any coaching setting. Uh, And the second one is, I believe, uh, a deep curiosity. Uh, Curiosity and, you know, not knowing from time to time in that sense. I mean, when I say it's not knowing, it sounds a little bit like uncertainty. Uh, but I say, you know, approaching things with curiosity, trying to understand that person in front of you, trying to understand, um, you know, you know, it's maybe sounds uh, from the outside a little bit weird what they've done, but really trying to understand where were they coming from? Um, you know, we maybe we, they, they received some training, but they still cannot apply that learning. You know, what's holding them back? You know, just having that curiosity, really. Um, so those Two things that if the coach has them in their own mindset, that uh, reflects to how they live life, and that reflects to how they coach another person. That so
1: a hundred yeah. years ago, we would we would uh, at least on some level intellectually or emotionally, we would try to hire for people that were coachable, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure is actually a thing. However, uh, that's actually what I want to ask you about. Is you know what makes for a great candidate for coaching? Uh,
0: well, we are basically working. I mean, I, I'm very happy that you brought the word coachable uh, because our main uh, role when we are uh, doing the digital coaching on our platform is to increase that coachability of the mm. people. Um, so I should say maybe... Ten to fifteen percent of all the participants. Uh, there are some people who are resistant to the coaching process, right. uh, so they never even try it out.
1: Well, real quick, before you go yeah. to the rest of the question, what what is what is that resistant? Uh, why? I mean, like I'm sure there's many reasons why people are resistant. So, what do you what do you think are like the top two or three reasons people resist coaching?
0: Uh, well, I think on one level, it might be not the right time for them in sense um, of like the life can be timing. something else. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, they just maybe had a new child and they, their focus is there, et cetera, et cetera. So, on one level, it is a very, um, you know, in their lifetime, it might not be the right thing. The other thing that is, which is, you know, one of the core uh, things about coaching ethics is the person might be having a psychological issue. Mm. Uh, And then, you know, maybe they're depressed. Uh, Maybe they, I don't know, have some kind of a, you know, issue going on in their life in that sense, on a a psychological level. There might be something else they need to figure out about themselves. Uh, Maybe they should first learn to love themselves, though it's a very big topic, I should say. But, you know, there could be something psychological uh, that is standing in the way of them. Even to look into themselves, uh, then you know, as coaches, if somehow that person is sent to us and we sit across each other, we are uh, ethically required to uh, re- uh, refer that person to a psychologist. Um, but you know, those two would be the, the core things, and the, the third one might be again coming back to what I said about not knowing some people are much more attached to knowing. Um, mm. And it's more about like, yeah, I know already, like I already, you know, reached this, this age, uh, had many trainings, and there is nothing more to learn for me anymore. So is it, that
1: is, would it be, is it is uh, sorry to drill down and interrupt. Yeah. Um, is it because they don't either respect the coach? Like there's a perception of he or she isn't going to be able to teach me anything that I don't already know? Or uh,
0: if they is it ever, just
1: unwilling to learn new things? Yeah,
0: I would say a, a, a unwillingness to work with anybody at all. Uh, so it is not yeah. even, I, I say like, you know, maybe I should first describe the, the model that we're having uh, in Sparkas and that's sure. then make it a better understanding of how it works. So we we first go to an organization and they have this, large group of people that they want to coach for any reason could be talent talent development leadership development first 90 days of the people who just joined the organization anything um so they give us the the goal and we then translate that into digital coaching exercises and we have a um almost like a pay-as-you-go model in the sense of like first people come to the platform do their digital coaching exercises and only if they figure out that they, uh, they really need a coach. Sometimes they just need a nice heartfelt conversation with their manager. Uh, but if they figure out that they need a coach, then they are matched with a coach. And then they have their one-on-one sessions. Uh, the core thing is some people uh, don't even come and start the digital coaching exercises. So that is what I'm calling like 10 to 15% that is completely not open to coaching. So, even before coming, you know, meeting with the coach and thinking that the coach can't teach me anything, they don't have the willingness at that point in their life. I'm not saying it's judgmentally, but it could be something specifically going on for them. Uh, but at that point in their life, at least they don't have the intention to look into themselves. So that is what I uh, recognize. Uh, and based on data, I can say like, I mean, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless right. of any culture, it is always the same same figure. Um, so, yeah, coming back to it, I would say uh, it really is more about, you know, I can't change kind of a thing. Like I've come all, all so far, I've learned so far, and this is me kind of an approach, a little bit, uh, you know, resisting to the whole idea of personal development
1: right are your clients asking you for more kind of soft skill developments uh, or is it more hard skill uh and coaching people kind of to that next level so if they're in wherever whatever part of their career they're in get you getting them to the next level and helping them kind of navigate what they don't know like whatever that next level is
0: mm-hmm.
1: or is it some of the more uh softer things uh, both that... can
0: be possible both yes. can be possible depending on what the strategic goal of the organization is mm. for instance uh we do a lot of leadership development coaching and most of the leadership mm. development issues are around uh soft skills right but uh, about their uh i don't know communication styles their uh maybe resilience, uh, their patience. Mm-hmm. Uh empathy. so yeah, empathy. Some of them are around those areas. Right. Some of them might be in the gray zone, a little bit like delegation, for instance. So it is on one level related to uh learning how to delegate, but also um overcoming that internal barrier to trust somebody else to do the work. Uh, so that can also be, but we also did some um um upskill reskill projects. Oh cool. Um and in those kind of settings, what we basically do is there is one level about upskilling and reskilling, which is about generally speaking learning agility. I would say one level is uh the ability. To learn new stuff like that—that mm-hmm. that new knowledge about, uh, let's say, digital transformation, like what's really going on in that field. So there is one level of um, almost downloading information, I should say, like just looking into those information and reading them. So that is much more handled with trainings. Right. Uh, that's that
1: you delineated between coaching and training.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But in when we are talking about uh you know that's also where i differentiate learning from development mm-hmm. uh, which is a bigger concept uh, at the end and then there is another level where you hear all those information new information and then you need to reflect so reflect in the sense of let's say we're talking about uh again digital transformation it could be uh like what does this new technology say about my own business so just reflecting upon like what are the opportunities what are some threats etc cetera, etc cetera. so there needs to be a uh, going into myself process uh, with that new information or it can also be like why am I resisting to this new information what am I not liking about it uh, so there is a level of the learning which is very um, personal and that can only be done. Uh, through either mentoring or coaching uh, that means like somebody needs to stay with me uh, or it could also be a technology like our digital coaching technology but like there needs to be a moment to slow down and think about uh, what is really possible what am i resisting etc cetera, etc cetera. so then i would say that comes as an almost like an uploading of information uh like as if you're writing on a social media or something like where we generate our own content uh so then there is that level of the learning uh so that piece we can do with uh with coaching and not only we can do but i think it has to be done uh now that we're in this big change now we're not you know, teaching people to use uh, Microsoft Office anymore. We're teaching people <laughs> to, you know, it's not just a, you know, straightforward thing. It's it just it, new uh, upskill, reskill projects are affecting people uh, on multiple levels. So it it is more than just giving them information.
1: Um, so you said a phrase early on was coaching yeah. for all, which I absolutely love. And I grew yeah. up in an era where coaching was generally... Uh, afforded to high performers, high potentials, top talent, etc. So I, I just love your kind of your mentality around that. And I wanted to kind of ask the, the question around Gen Z and millennials and what you're seeing from them and their needs as it relates to coaching.
0: Yeah, great question. Because Gen Gen Y Z uh, or younger generations, let's say generally speaking, yeah. are very open to uh to receiving coaching they want to receive it from their managers uh they they're very open to learn new stuff uh and that's a great thing from the perspective of coaching uh while we all know that they are not that much passion, uh um, they're, they're in, uh, impatient let's say mm. so on one level they have the passion to learn and on the other hand, they would just want it to happen quickly. And coaching and mentoring and, uh, you know, self-reflection, generally speaking, takes some while. So it does require uh, for people to slow down a little bit. So what we're doing a lot is since we're giving them the digital coaching exercises, it's quite real time for them. So they go with their own pace. Some, for some people uh, who really want to, you know, slow down, and, you know, maybe think about this question a little bit, come back to it later on, do it in a longer period versus those people who are really like, I really want a quick answer to this. I really want to, you know, figure this out as much as quick as possible, can do it in, you know, just in one sitting in 24 hours and then start their coaching conversation with the coach. And the the fact that they have done so much work on the digital exercises already brings them to a certain level of awareness around the topic and their preparation is also reflected uh, to the coach. So the coach also reads where they've come from, where, you know, what was the original um, thing they said about themselves when they were first starting the exercises and what happened at the end. uh, And is there like, is there a correlation? Are they somehow contradicting or is the person already developed in this topic, uh, looking more into it? So the coach knows where the coach is. Um, so rather than spending like the industry standard of eight to 12 sessions, you can achieve the same results, uh, with something like, uh, two to four sessions, six maximum. So it generally, uh, economizes the whole process for both ends. And that means, especially the young people who want to receive results as quick as possible can be coached. Uh, in a shorter period of time. So we can optimize the total uh, coaching experience for them. Uh, So on one level, there is scaling, uh, you know, bringing coaching team to more people, but then there is the other level of optimizing the experience for the younger generations.
1: So one of the things you said early on was incremental change. And Mm -hmm. it's, it reminded me of, of, of therapy in some ways mm-hmm. that, you know, you're not going to, you don't go to a therapist and all of a sudden, like the next day, everything's fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you do, uh, good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. But most people don't, they, they go through therapy and it's incremental change that they, uh, uh and so i I find that fascinating that coaching can be seen kind of in a similar vein mm-hmm. that you look at it and you're going to look at the long haul, and you're looking going to look at make subtle changes, incremental changes, incremental growth. And you're going to see it over a long period of time. But the last thing I, I really want to get your 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 take on is the way that you delineate training, development, mentorship, and coaching. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you for your clients? How do you delineate those things?
0: Uh. May I go one step back about your, oh, yeah. oh, and then yeah. just then I'll just move into oh, 100%, 100%. discussion uh, about the therapy and uh, coaching. The, the the two areas are very similar with the uh, with the tools they are using uh, most of the time. Uh, you know, both are looking into the human uh, human being. Let's say their psyche, their um, you know what's what's laying inside the person. Um, the thing is with the coaching, we're looking more into the future and coaching is also at the same time, very action oriented. So I don't want to create a vision in the, in the, uh, mind of the listeners, right. uh, that it just takes a long while for the change to happen. We, what we're, What is not happening in a therapy session and is happening in a uh, coaching session is asking at the end what are you going to do about this right now? So what is one little step that you're going to take? Right. So we just define that all the time. So those incremental changes are happening um, very quickly. But of course, the issues we deal with when compared to therapy are much more daily uh, much more, you know, just maybe defining your uh, next step in a project or something. So it is much more easy to uh, to create those changes. So I just wanted to make a, a remor- remark on that. I mean, you're both right, and there is also something to change about uh, what you said. So I just right. wanted to create Good. that. The uh, the other question, um, the differentiation between uh, coaching, mentoring, training is basically about where the person is in terms of what we call a uh, skill wheel matrix. Uh, so for those people who already have the uh, know-how about the topic that we're discussing, uh, and they have the willingness also to, uh, to create the change, those are the people we coach. So yeah. we just ask questions And they already know the topic. They already have the know-how. So if we just listen and give them space to to think about it, then they would find their solutions immediately. So that is uh, version one. The other version is people do have some level of skills. uh, They do have the willingness. uh, But maybe they don't have a certain part portion of the, the know-how is not there yet. So it could be like this person you, uh, you know, hired into the organization because of their uh, expertise in the field, but they are somehow new to your organization. So they would need more mentoring. A, to think about, uh, you know, what is, you um, you know my my experience how can i apply this experience to this organization so it could be on one level level of reflection for them but they would also need some information about uh you know what is the culture of this organization so that that needs to be told to me so i just need to hear others experiences in the same organization uh so that i can both understand the culture and then bring my uh, competency in a, in a good way uh, to, this, to this organization, the way that it will work for this organization. So that would have been uh, mentoring. And, in turn, and the difference, I would say, between mentoring and coaching, for those who don't um, know it very openly, is in both of the cases, there is some level of exploration. In both of the cases, there is a conversation about actions. But in mentoring, unlike coaching, the mentor brings their own experience experience about the topic in, on the table as well. So that's why I say you know if somebody's just new to your organization and you know some parts of the information is missing for them, miss, uh, mentoring could be a, could be a better fit. Uh, and last one is training. Uh, and training would be the person is again willing to um, develop themselves, uh, but they're maybe completely new to the su- subject. Like they're a new newly hired person. If you're having a discussion about what's their career goals, yes, you can then you know do some coaching. But if you're talking about them performing in the organization, just learning a new stuff, learning uh, what this I don't know what the industry is doing, that kind of stuff uh, is subject to to training. Right. Um, and then we can of course use our coaching skills. To understand what they really uh, understood, what was really not understood. So you can still apply those um, those skills to make the uh, learning stick. Uh, but still, that would require new, even most of the time, technical information provided to this person.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, A, for breaking that down, but also everything else that you've said. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thank you, William. I really, I really, you said that it would be just a you know, nice and easy flowing conversation. Yes, it was. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, very good. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time.
0: You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.